Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the Book Riot Podcast, a weekly news and talk show about what's new, cool, and worth talking about in the world of books and reading. This is episode 291, recording on Wednesday, December 19th. I'm Jeff O'Neill. I'm here with Rebecca Shinsky. We're coming to you from bookriot.com. Hello. It's an after dark. I am drinking an adult beverage. It's a holiday party. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's, it's, since it's... 439 here in Portland. It is dark. So technically it is an after. It counts and it's our last show of yeah. 2018. We're taking a couple right. weeks off for the holidays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, enjoy. So you'll miss us. Um but uh, we'll be back after the first of the year. I was going to have a holiday party myself, but I got to drive with the kids to go out, mm. you know, 364 year, d- days a year. I don't do anything. The one night I want to have a holiday party podcast, I got to drive. That's the way the cookie crumbles. We are doing our favorite non-book things of 2018. Um, we're going to get right to those. But first, we're going to shout to a sponsor, which is actually a good holiday party sponsor. It is. This say. is a great holiday party sponsor. We are sponsored this week by GH Mum Champagne. What do a South African female DJ a Wall Street businessman turned mixologist, and one of the fastest men alive all have in common. They all dared to push themselves and chase their dreams and make them into their own victories. This holiday season, GH Mum Champagne has partnered with Vice to showcase these amazing stories of personal triumph. So pop open a bottle of GH Mum Grand Cordon, get inspired, and celebrate your next victory. Hey! You never know. Maybe next year your story will be featured. Visit ghmumvictory.com. That's G-H-M-U-M-M-V-I-C-T-O-R-Y.com to see all 10 stories. All right. Well, we're just going to take turns. We are. Um, we had a lot of you ask, uh, give us your favorite things of 2018. A lot of uh, political events. Thing, that's not what, that's not what I'm doing. Maybe you picked yeah, up no. stuff like that. A lot of people said midterm elections and that. We're materialists here at the Book Riot <laughs> Podcast. We're talking about stuff. I'm trying. Yeah, I tried to kind of Marie Kondo this, like things that brought me just pure joy this there, year. That's exactly right. Yeah. And um, as much as like, I'm also glad that the Democrats you know, took it back. <laughs> I did mm-hmm. not, I, I, that was such a fraught process that I did not feel pure joy from yeah, it. So that's right. I am starting with my one. I, well, according to Spotify, one of the things that I love most in the world, <laughs> um, the Janelle Monet album, dirty computer mm. that came out earlier this year. Um, I have listened to it so many times, just front to back. It's great from front to back. Um, I got to see her in concert this summer and it was like, I have had a variety of live music experiences and it was one of those ones that tips into something transcendent or like akin to a spiritual experience and is mm. it's, a, it's rare and really beautiful when that happens. Um, it's it is an incredible album, and I like I am a well documented huge fan of Lauren Hill, um, and the miseducation of Lauren Hill, and I am happy to be on the record that Dirty Computer is this generation's miseducation of Lauren Hill. It crosses so many genres. It refers back to so many important elements of music history. She has such a breadth of skills and talents. There's like, there's rap and there's blues and there's just gorgeous singing and it's political and it's just fun. There's just so much going on in this album. And it's, uh, I, I think it's a blast, but also it has a lot of substance. Um, and I've spent yeah. a lot of time thinking about like the albums that have, def- that define like this part of our culture, this kind of time in our culture. I think Lemonade is also one of those. And I'm willing to say that I think there are probably some songs on Lemonade that are better maybe than individual songs on Dirty Computer, but my money is on Dirty Computer as like the album. I loved this album this year and I'm going to love it for a long time. That's fantastic. Um, What will be a recurrent theme for my picks are things that Jeff cut up with in 2018 that everyone's (laughs) already heard about before. But if I remember my year in pop culture, both Michelle and I together, really, I would say today, this year was the year of Brooklyn Nine-Nine for us. We hadn't watched an episode when we came into 2018 
and now you know it's climbing the the ranks of my favorite TV shows of all time. I I made the stunning confession to Michelle the other night that I think it is a better show than Parks and Rec. <gasps> that is not me saying I like it better than Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. I think on the whole, it's a tighter, more interesting, more inventive, more kinetic show than than Parks and Rec. And there's a lot of there's a lot to recommend it. Um, but yeah, five, I think five seasons we blew through. I've rewatched a bunch of them, you know, kind of the nighttime doing something else, mm-hmm. have it on in the background. Um, just made me laugh out loud. Probably more times than any show I can remember, uh, watching, uh, on, on a pound for pound basis. So I'm we're looking forward to seeing it come back in January as well. I mean, it's a New York show. Like the precinct is in downtown Brooklyn, which wasn't far from where I used to work and where I used to live. So there's a lot of fun inside New York jokes. Like <laughs> the one that sticks out to me that you might not get as strongly unless you've lived in New York is like, you know, they've got, someone says that they've got a really nice apartment. You know, they've got a dining room, like a dining room. That's not the big deal. They have a dining room in Manhattan and he's like, oh, damn. He's like, yes, <laughs> that's the kind of thing. Because if you have a dining room in Manhattan, that means you, you've really made it. So there's, there's an irreverence, there's heart, there, it's silly, it's fun. Um, it's kind of the apex of the Michael Shore mode. Though I'm going to put on the other half of that, the other thing I will remember from this year is also something I cut up with. Is the good place, yes. which if if Brooklyn Nine Nine yes. is the apotheosis of this sort of tight, you can watch an episode by itself and it stands alone, and each one has its own theme. The good place is like the deconstruction <laughs> of that trope of the of the twenty two minute situation, you know, single cam- camera situation comedy, where it is exceeds the bounds of what you should be able to do. Uh, on television, Rincey and I did a um, remixed episode in the Insiders mm-hmm. about the Michael Schurverse, where we talked about The Good Place um, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. At that point, I hadn't seen season two. I'd only seen season one when we talked. And season three is now in uh, the rollicking middle of it. Mm-hmm. A, a continuing source of formal and aesthetic delight. It is. One of my favorite jokes I've ever seen on any TV show, I will recount it here, is so it. it if you haven't seen it, bear with me because it doesn't sound like it makes sense, but it does. Um, one of the characters is the teaching the other one uh, about moral philosophy. And the joke is, well, who died and, and left uh, Plato in charge of ethics? And the joke is Socrates. And it's just such a beautiful joke for a student of Western uh, Western canon that it just, I can't, it, it surely should go into some sort of hall of fame. And I, we look forward to it every week. So those are my the year in pop culture for me will be defined by Brooklyn Nine Nine yeah. and the Good Place. I wholeheartedly second the Good Place emotion, and I can't remember mm. if I started watching it in 2017 or if it was this year. And I was trying to decide if it was going to be on my list or not. But it does such a magic trick of yes. handling really big, serious questions in a way that is so fun and funny to engage with, and surprising. And the puns are excellent. Like, yes, it's mm. just it's just wonderful. Um, I'm going to stay on music for a minute, just, you know, for a couple quick things. Last year was the year that I lived inside uh, the Leon Bridges Coming Home album. This was the year, and that was catching up. I think that album came out a year or two prior, and I just discovered him last year. Um, But earlier this year, Leon Bridges put out a new album called Good Thing, and I think I might be more in love with it than Mm. I was with Coming Home. What was so stunning about the first album was that he was this like 26-year-old guy that sounded like it was like a blues Motown sound out of the 50s. And I was so shocked when I was like, who is this person? Oh, he's 26 and this is new music? Like, where is this coming from? Good Thing sounds entirely contemporary. They almost sound like albums by different artists. Um, And it's a real evolution and a real like much more I think the content of it is more serious um it's really beautiful and I just kind of I'm like I'm a little inarticulate my love for Leon Bridges is so great and just recently I have fallen for um I've loved the Pistol Annies for a couple of years which is a like a great sort of country girl like power girl group um led by Miranda Lambert and they have a new album called Interstate Gospel that is fun and angry there's a great song called I Got My Name Changed Back. Like they're sort of turning <laughs> they're turning the tropes of country music always being about like I think the joke is like what if what happens if you play a country song backwards? Like you get your dog back, you get your man mm. back, you get all your money yes. back. Um, and they're turning all those tropes of country music being about like 
at least women singers singing about like trying to get the guy and looking for love and you know being so crazy over you and it's like I finally got rid of this deadbeat guy and I got my name changed back <laughs> and it's just really cool to see like what angry feminism looks like coming to country music and also how fun they've made that so I've been really yeah. enjoying those two I like that. Um, I have one music thing. I'm going to wait. Oh, okay. The big story. The, I've talked about this more than any other thing that I got in 2018. Oh. And you know where I'm going. I'm so excited to hear you, what's probably going to be were like there. the next 10 minutes of this show. You were there at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You and took a video. I have video. I have receipts. Yeah. Um, it is my Xiaomi M365 electric scooter which when we were in california for work in santa monica this february mm-hmm. um just the scooter craze that has swept the nation and feels like it's burning itself out a little bit i have to say i don't mm-hmm. know if it's the weather it's getting cold and certainly in portland um you're not seeing as many of them but you know bird lime skip there's a whole bunch of them. now uber and lyft are getting the job but th- essentially the idea is you have these electric scooters that you pick up and rent by the mile and they're very cheap and you can pick them up anywhere and leave them everywhere. I was delighted by it immediately. They're surprisingly quick. They're Mm -hmm. really fun. It was an enchanting time. I wasn't feeling that well and we were going to do a bike ride. I was like, I'll try the scooter. Going up and down um, the beach there between Venice and Santa Monica was a lovely day and it was just a lot of fun. And basically I came home and uh, for my 40th birthday – um, I bought a uh, electric scooter. I'm kind of indifferent on the service themselves. I think the magic is the scooters are the magic. Mm. They're surprisingly quick. They're a lot of fun. Um, when it's nice, I take mine to work and I carry it up the stairs and park it in the office and plug it in and then carry it back down and zip back home <laughs> a mile and a half. It's just it's just fun. Um, I should ride my bike, but you know what? I hate riding bikes and I like riding my bird scooter. It's not a bird scooter. My Xiaomi M365. And I'm okay with that. And it, it basically got to be the point where um, people would ask about it. People are interested. In it goes, so here's the questions you're going to ask. I got them right here that people are going to want to know. First of all, when I bought it, it was four ninety nine. Now there's tariffs and stuff, mm. you know, because of our, because our of great readers figured that one. Yeah. I don't know how much it is now. So it was 500 bucks. I got on Amazon Prime. No big deal. It goes 18 and a half miles per hour tops. It goes about 15 or 16 miles on a charge, and it charges overnight. Mine, uh, let's see, mine is 26 pounds. So it's a little heavy, but I can fold it up and carry it, which is cool. Um, the things I don't like about it are I wish I had a little bit more power to go up hills. Sometimes if it's mm-hmm. a really good hill, I gotta, I can, I got to push a little. I got to do the, the leg scooter, mm-hmm. uh, the meat scooter on the side. <laughs> I got to put, put out the chicken There's bottle. the show title. <laughs> Yeah, I got to put out the chicken bone and get it moving. But um, yeah, it, it's hard to lock up um, if you take it to the grocery store or something like that. But it's a real delight. And it's one of those things where as I'm riding the scooter around, I'm like, everyone, we should be using scooters instead of cars. Because like one of the critiques I heard of the the scooter services, ah, oh, you just leave there. They just leave their scooters all over the place. But then you see how much of American urban landscape is taken up by just immobile status cars. And just take a look at it next time you're upset about a scooter sharing service. How how much of our cities we've yielded to the four-wheeled demon um, that we should be reclaimed by the good and oh, virtuous wow. scooter. Don't at me. So I've enjoyed it. I love it. It's great. If you live in a climate, in a neighborhood where you can take it to the store or coffee shop, run errands, um, I, I described to you and uh, to some of our coworkers my favorite – one of my favorite days of the year, I took a random Tuesday – as PTO to run errands around the neighborhood on my bird scooter. And I'm not ashamed. I'm proud. And it's great. Go check it out. Yeah. I just That's like my story. I, we've known each other a long time now and yes. I have never seen you as publicly whimsical as the, <laughs> as the day of the scooter. It was the, like, the weather, it was the yes, quill, like, it was the whole like, thing. Yeah, yeah. Like I know you to have a not small amount of, you know, whimsy <laughs> and personal delight, but it usually stays like inside the family. <laughs> yes. And, that's right. Um, I think the power of the scooter is strong. 
It's very it was. strong. It was overwhelming. I couldn't contain myself. What can I say? <laughs> um, I don't have anything that was nearly as like revolutionary <laughs> in my life <laughs> as that scooter well, was you know, this year. It's a generational invention, Rebecca. It's hard. You <laughs> it was, come around all the it's time. Fu- but it's funny. Like, and maybe this is just aging, but the things that I love are just becoming increasingly like practical but practical in the way that they Mm. give me joy um and one of the big one of the big changes in my life this year was um in march my 12 year old basset hound who as you can imagine was not terribly Mm. active passed away and um over the summer i wanted to like stay active and keep like take myself on long walks and bob and i knew that we were going to be welcoming a new member to our family and we have recently I think, as I mentioned here, adopted a puppy who mm-hmm. is very active. Um, so I went on a hunt. Like I was, there's a great park down the street from us that I walk um, a couple different routes at pretty frequently. It's one of the things that keeps me sane, like trying to get outdoors every day. And I was walking through the like hottest days of the summer in my Chaco sandals, which are awesome. Um, but I wanted something a little sturdier in anticipation of getting the dog and going on longer walks. And so I decided to get some trail runners and I did the internet research that one does about these things. And I got a pair of Saucony mm-hmm. or Saucony, I don't know how you say it, Peregrines, because that is what the internet told me were like the second best women's trail runners because I don't need the best ones because I'm not like running, you know, 50 kilometer trail races or whatever. Um, and they are like I what have I been doing in my life that I was just wearing like walking sneakers before like they're so light and they're so cushioned and it's wonderful they have great tread so I have worn them on like I wear them on my two mile walk around the park but I've worn them on a six mile hike where I wasn't like we weren't doing a lot of incline so I didn't need the ankle support of hiking boots they're they're like really light so they're much easier to pack than hiking boots also which is essential for me for travel um, and really versatile. And like the ones that I got have are like bright, crazy colors. I bought the ones that were the cheapest on Zappos that day, and they happened to be like the weirdest colors, which also mm. delighted me. But I'm going to wear these into the ground, and then I'm just going to keep buying them over and over and over. They've been wonderful. And my other like prep for outdoorsing with a dog was like, we don't need, I don't need snow boots in Richmond, but I need something to walk the dog in all weather. So I got myself a pair of the bean boots from LL Bean Mm. and like they're, I like my outdoors gear to look like outdoors gear. It doesn't need to be super pretty or like fluffy. Um, And they're like, they're practical. They do exactly what they're supposed to do. I have now worn them in rain and snow, and they seem to be very watertight. Um, and if you get them, I will say they run really large. So like I wear a women's five and a half mm. in shoes. I have pretty small feet. And that means that sometimes I can order kids sizes. So I ordered kids fours and they were enormous on me. So I am wearing a kids three <laughs> in the LLB boots, <laughs> which That's as awesome. a perk, they were like 20 bucks cheaper. But if you're thinking about some like, some like very versatile, versatile winter or like cruddy weather boots um so far i've been really happy with the investment of those and just ordered down a size or two so i'm keeping my paws happy in all seasons all right let me do another let me do a sponsor while we're getting on with it the great courses plus can i tell you about the great courses plus is that all right can we do that please do Mm -hmm. i would love with the great courses plus you can learn about virtually anything that interests you from scooters to other things that I like. Well, really, not really, probably not about scooters, but anything you want to do. They give you unlimited access to stream thousands of videos, always at free across many different topics. Literature, history, art and music, even how to cook or take better photos. Watch from TV, tablet, phone, or just listen along. Think of it as in, like an audiobook, like a podcast, that kind of uh, use case. You can also check out their brand new course. It's called Stories About Great Storytellers fascinating in-depth looks at Roald Dahl, A.A. Mill, and J.R. Tolkien, exploring their personal stories and watershed moments in their own lives that led them to writing beloved works that made them famous. You should, you should, the Milne one, it's an interesting story. I don't want to spoil it too much, but, you know, Christopher Robin was a real kid, A.A. Milne's son, Christopher Robin, but Christopher Robin grew up to have a ambivalent relationship with the Mm -hmm. character, the version of himself, his fame, you know, these things aren't simple, uh, as, as it turns out. And you can find all about those stories in that episode, I get episode lecture. I'm not sure what they use for the um, nomenclature about the specific unit of the course. But that 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 one is about Winnie the Pooh and Milne. 
you can discover new interests, pick up new hobbies with the Great Courses Plus, get a full month of uh, excuse me unlimited access to all of their lectures for free when you sign up at thegreatcoursesplus.com slash bookriot. That's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash bookriot, or you can find the link on our show notes, bookriot.com slash listen. Go started. Good New Year's kind of a resolution mm-hmm. thing. New habits. Want to learn some stuff? Go go use January as your free month. Don't go to the gym because you're not going to go to the gym. But you might listen to the Great Courses Plus. You could listen to the Great Courses Plus while you gym. You could do that. That's a great point. Um, let's you get two see. resolutions in one. Next? Um, I'm going to stay on the outdoor tip. For okay. A this is something also I've talked to you about. Um, kids and I enjoyed this a great deal. Portland is the most aggressively verdant place I've ever been in my life. Stuff just grows Mm -hmm. out of bare rock. You're going to get something interesting growing on it. And the plurality of uh, of flora here means I know even fewer things about what's that, what's in front of my yard, (laughs) so on and so forth. Always wanted some kind of service, book, knowledge where I could identify on the run, on the go, what plant or twig or or flower that we happen to look at, and lo and behold, I found something. It's Seek. It's an app um, where you take a picture of a plant, and it will try to identify it for you. Now, listen, it doesn't work all the time, and really, it doesn't even work most of the time. But it works way more of the time than me just looking at something and saying I don't know. So you take a picture. It scans it, like all the images that have been taken and labeled in its database. And it will give you its best guess. And it will show you the picture it's trying to match it to. So it won't just give you a, a text result and say, we think it's this thing. Does it look like this? And you can say yes or no. You can add a collection. You can refer to things you've seen around your neighborhood. And one of my single favorite moments of the year was my kids and I were out and there's trees just basically growing on top of trees here all the way around. Um, we, there's a tree in uh, down the block from our house, just two houses over. That is a Rowan Oak which my daughter's name is Mm. Rowan, and her delight to find out that we had a Rowan tree growing on our street was worth the whole zero dollars I paid for the sea cap. (laughs) was worth every penny. A delightful moment. We've had a lot of fun with it, learned something. My parents have been here and taking walks with friends and other kids. A good sort of give, you know, kids, my kids are seven and five, gives every walk a bit of a scavenger hunt feel, which who doesn't like to make your life into a a low-stakes scavenger hunt? So that's the sea cap. Really enjoy it, especially if kids or plants or both. <laughs> I was say I also second that emotion because you mentioned it on I think on the staff Slack one day, and I have used it on a couple hiking trips. And you're right, like it's not perfect, but it's really fun to um, to try matching those things up and figuring out yeah. you know what you saw that day. I don't know where to go next. Um, okay, here's another practical thing that brought me a lot of joy. Right. Um, we spent some like bonus money on extra supplies for the staff at the end of 2017. And the thing that I spent my bonus mm-hmm. money on was a standing desk. And I got ah. the fully Jarvis standing desk, which is also what the wire cutter said was the best because I trust them. Um, it was pricey. But I think it was worth it. Um, I also got a great mat that they recommended that I stand on. And so um, it, it moves up and down at adjust heights. But I have a great like giant regular sitting desk in my office. And I move between it. The sitting desk is where I stack things. It's where I'm messy. And my standing desk is where I start the day. So I've been <laughs> like the way that I have sort of constructed it is I tend to stand for the first couple hours of my workday. And then I try to stand for most conference calls. And then I'm sitting down if I'm like, I need to be sitting down and with access to like, all my notepads and everything if I'm trying to like work on something creative is sort of what I figured out of my workflow. But I love this standing desk. Like it just feels good to be standing up. And maybe some of it is the like Amy Cuddy power posing stuff, but like sta- mm. like that I'm not doing intentionally, but like standing up on conference calls makes me feel like I have my pants a little bit more on. Um, and it's, and that's nice because usually I'm wearing pajamas. So it like makes me feel a little bit more together. Um, it, it's been a really pleasant surprise. I, I knew that I wanted to sit less. I kind of thought that it would feel like a chore. Um, it was just mm. going to be like, I'm going to get this standing desk because we all need to sit less and fine. You know, like I'll stand, fine, like fine. fine, I'll stand for a couple hours a day because I don't want to die young. Um, but I've been really, I've been really pleased 
with it. It's been nice. And it so it faces like my office is kind of tiny, but it faces a different corner of my office. So I have a little bit of a different view. And it's just nice to sort of have spaces. Like I think at this point, my brain associates like, oh, I go to the standing desk and I stand here and I have conference calls and this is where I start my day and having those different modes has been nice. So I I love it. There are tons of different like models of standing desks that you can get. Um, I probably would have spent a little bit less if I had just been like paying for it out of my own pocket. But we were looking at like, I remember Clint being like, sure. just get the good one, Shinsky. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I get deserve this. I've been meaning to try great. a standing desk for some time. I'm, I'm, I, w- I should try it myself. I know I should. I will tell you, this one adjusts like up to about my nose, so it definitely is tall enough for you. <laughs> It'll come to my knees, basically. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, somewhere area. it's adjustable yeah. within, yeah, within that range. I really like it. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, where am I going to go? I'm going to start a run on food picks. I'll, mm. I'll be the first to break the food okay. seal. Um, Detroit style pizza. Oh, do you know this? Do no. You know? Um, think of it as the best deep dish pizza you will ever have. Now you're from Chicago, and this is a different thing. This is not that. <laughs> uh, think of pan pizza, okay. not deep dish. You know the pan pizza. They they you can still get a pizza, but especially in the old days, yes. you know, they put it in, the, in an iron thing, and it gets a nice crust on the side. Well, this is that, but for fancy boys like me, because. You, they use these big, you know, real cast ones, and they use a special kind of brick cheese, which is a specific kind of cheese they mm. make up there in Michigan, mm-hmm. and it's really tangy. And you get this beautiful, thick, bready pizza crust that has like burnt cheese on the side, and who doesn't like that? So it's this true. really great tangy cheese, and it's just great. I didn't think I was, I didn't think there were pizza innovations left out there for me <laughs> to discover, but let me tell you, the world is a magical place. Full of joys and delights you can scarce imagine. <laughs> New and one of them is Detroit-style pizza. If you happen to find yourself in Portland, Oregon, I highly recommend going to Pizza Jerk. There's two locations and trying the Detroit-style pizza. The pepperoni one is especially good. But if you find yourself somewhere serving Detroit-style pizza, find yourself looking for something to try, just get on the Google and uh, punch in Detroit-style pizza. See if you can find one around you. Broaden your pizza horizons. You don't think it can get better, but some infinities are bigger than others, and some pizza <laughs> is therefore better than others. So that's my pick for a, a style of food that mm. I wasn't really prepared to have my mind blown, but I did. Detroit style pizza. That's exciting. I I don't yeah, think I it? I don't think I crossed any new food horizons this year, but I crossed. What? All I right, crossed. Well. well, I mean, I eat a lot of things. There just wasn't anything that mm-hmm. was like revelatory in that way um, okay well 2019 is a new year it's about. true it's true i did actually know i did <laughs> eat a piece of pizza that weighed an entire pound i didn't eat it in one sitting oh but there's a great geez. there is a great pizza place in portland maine called slab and they're it's like super thick delicious pizza and their hand slab is like it's like their version of the pizza hut personal size except it's enormous yes. and each one weighs a pound i got like three meals off of one of them. <laughs> <laughs> they say yeah, you can eat, eat you can you can eat off that for a yeah, while. You eat can. off. You can eat it's an it's an eat on pizza. <laughs> yeah, like like a ham. Yeah, like the exactly. ham pizza. It's just a big old spiral sliced I do love an eaten on ham. <laughs> yeah. Me too. So, but Got I did, one in my fridge right now. We're, there's one coming home here on Sunday. Mm. Um so, but I did have some cooking revolutions this year, and the oh, big, right, great. the biggest it. one was by way of Allison Roman's Dining In Cookbook, which like, I think mm. they sold out of it. It came out in late 2017. It sold out at the holidays last year. There was like a while um, waiting on it. I got it for Christmas last year, so I've been cooking out of it all year, and. It does this, like, the recipes are delicious. It's kind of elevated food, but simple. Um, Nothing is super complicated, and nothing comes with super expensive or hard-to-find ingredients. She wants you to have, like, and I think this is, like, the sermon that a lot of modern cookbook writers give, but that very few Mm. of them actually live into, is, like, good food, but simple and unpretentious, and she just does it perfectly, Um, I've cooked like just I've cooked so many things out of this cookbook probably at this point I've cooked more of the things in the cookbook than I haven't Um, I have one of my favorites is there's a um, 
a roasted corn salad that's like roasted corn with quick pickled red onions and crumbled queso fresco and like lime and cracked red pepper and that's it and it's so delicious either on tacos or like as a side to tacos Um, and she famously has what the internet refers to as the cookies which are dark chocolate shortbread cookies or shortbread cookies with dark chocolate in them and sea salt Mm. and like i have never considered myself to be a baker i'm a really good cook but i don't like the precision of baking and i can make these cookies and they are delicious and it sort of branched me out into thinking about other things that i had thought maybe weren't in my like realm of capability in cooking which is dumb but like i thought that i had these like you know you tell yourself stories about the things you can do and um i was like Mm -hmm. you know thanks allison roman now i'm gonna bake and so it has branched into like baking other things and Um, feeling a little bit more creative about just trying stuff in the kitchen. But like pound for pound, I think Dining In is the best cookbook that I've ever had. And that is saying something. Um, So I I have loved that this year. God, I'm getting hungry now. I got to rip (laughs) through my food ones. This is going to get ugly if I don't do this. Uh, I'm going for I'm going from the general specific of the Detroit style pizza to a specific food item. Mm. And this was the chocolate babka at Bread in New York City um, by Lincoln Square over on Broadway, I think 62nd Street. But my family went to New York. We stayed in a friend's apartment over there. It was around the corner. Someone recommended that we go get it. They're not cheap. It's like 15 bucks for like a, a chocolate babka. But oh, was it good. My, we tore through mm. that thing. You would have thought it was the last food on earth. <laughs> My daughter, Rowan, keeps asking when we're going to go get it again, even though it's 3,000 miles away. (laughs) We've looked into, like, apparently it's really hard to make chocolate babka. The other Mm -hmm. thing is you go in there, you know it's it's their signature gist. They have a – it's a beautiful store and all sorts of things. But you walk in on a Sunday morning and there's just – they bring in these special racks to hold all of the chocolate babkas they're going to sell that day. You can get – I think it's 15 each or two for 22 or something like that. If you ever go there, do your – just get two of them. Get two of them. You, you, you're not prepared for what you're about to do those carbohydrates. And you're going to be so much happier to have two than one. You find yourself up there. I think there's another location in New York too. But if I could summon in front of me one thing that I ate this year right now, it's the chocolate babka mm. from bread. And uh, man, was it good. I don't know what to do about this stuff. Like you want to make stuff like internet available. I think you can order one online. But you know what? It's the best thing I ate this year. I'm going to talk about it. I'm sorry if you can't get it. But if you find yourself in New York, go get it. Or you see a chocolate babka somewhere else. Give it a shot. Eat it knowing it's probably at best about 80% as good as the one I ate. <laughs> but it sounds like 80% as good as that one would still be pretty oh, good. Oh, baby. Yes, it is. <laughs> so so good. The chocolate as, babka. Amazing. As you were saying that, I realized I did have one revelatory eating experience. And it was by mm. way of dining in. Like I have made my roast chicken the same way for many years. And it's an adaptation of Ina Garten's take. Um, there is a great roast chicken recipe in dining in that you like smother the chicken with anchovy butter and when the chicken has finished roasting you remove the chicken from the pan and you toss a bunch of croutons in like big chunks of crusty bread back into the oven toss it in the chicken fat that at that point is mixed with anchovy butter and turn them into croutons and then also have that alongside your meal and like i am a savory umami flavor kind of person and Mm. like bread toasted bread tossed in chicken fat jeff no <laughs> like, it was that was a it was a revelatory experience of like also how have mm. i lived 35 years without doing this and now mm. anytime there's going to be a roast chicken in my house whatever the preparation of the roast chicken there will also be croutons in the chicken fat but it's like it's one of those things that once you know you can do it why would you not it is so good <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. Um, That's a good one. I'm going to turn to the internet, our dear, beloved internet, a couple of some internet things. I have largely gotten off Twitter. Same. And largely gotten off Facebook. Um, But I like news. And I have gone back to an RSS reader. And my preferred one is called Reader. R-E-E-D-E-R. It's on the Mac and iPhone. I'm not sure if you can get it on Windows. I don't care. But um, they can see, I sync it between my uh, Mac and my, my phone, 
and my iPad where I do a lot of my like internet consumption. I save things to read and take a look at that on the iPad. But I subscribe to my favorite sites. You know, I do my you know and specific and you can do subsections of sites as a really good crawler. It's really easy to read as an in-reader browser. So if you click on a link, you don't have to bump out to like get to Chrome and then back whatever you do. The app itself has a browser built in. It's very, very functional. It looks good on a Mac. It doesn't try to give you ads. You have to pay for it. I'm more and more a fan of paying for the things that I like if I can. And it's reasonable. This one's very reasonable. I think it's eight bucks on the Mac and like $4.99 on your phone. So for 10 bucks, I get a wrapper for the internet content I want. And I really enjoy it. I star them and then I batch them and things I want to see, but I'm not ready to read right now. Then when I have an hour, you know, Sunday morning, uh, nighttime with a nice cup of coffee, it's great. It feels human. It's, consum- it's consuming news and information and content in a way that feels just so much more human than scrolling Twitter and all that other stuff that goes on. And we don't need to go into, and I don't even know if it's true about whether it's good or bad for you. All I know is that reading news from real sources that I know where it's coming from in a way that makes sense to me, makes me feel like my head is screwed on right in a way about news that I haven't in a while. And I didn't realize how much Mm. the sort of the frenetic and kinetic pace of social media news um, had gotten to me. So that's reader. Go check it out if you're interested. Yeah, I think maybe my favorite internet thing of 2018 was getting off Twitter. (laughs) Yeah. It's been wonderful. Um, See, I... Man, I have several like varietal things here still. Um, let's do a podcast I loved that I've mentioned on this yeah, show. Yeah, I think I, but know, I was waiting. I've yes, been waiting the whole time. I have not I, like for a person who's on a lot of podcasts and who has been podcasting mm. for almost a decade. I always feel like a little bit of a hypocrite because I haven't been a very good like dedicated podcast listener. Um, but this year, I totally fell for Forever Thirty Five, which is a podcast hosted by Kate Spencer and Dory Shafrir, and it started as about um, like the tagline is we're not experts we're just two friends who like to talk a lot about serums and so it started about as being about like sort of self-care and beauty and that sort of stuff um, with a a very feminist angle of like you don't have to care about like taking care of your skin or getting wrinkles but if you do care or if just putting nice things on your face makes you feel good at night because it's 2018 and life is hard here are some recommendations for you but as they've branched out over the course of the year it's really become very broad broadly about ways to take care of yourself and ways to just feel a little bit better in small moments in your day. And they have a wonderful rapport with each other that's so open and supportive and lovely. And it's created a huge community of listeners. There's a really like there's an enormous Facebook group that Mm. I think has also spawned like dozens, if not hundreds of spinoff thematic groups of like forever. I think there's like forever 35 parenting and forever 35 marriage support and forever 35 people who work in this particular kind of industry. It's really remarkable. Um, they are super fun to listen to. And each week, they also have a guest on who talks about their work. They've had authors, they've had a, um, you know, estheticians, clothing designers, a therapist, um, just women who do really interesting kinds of work. And it's been a diverse array of women, which I also really appreciate. Um, they are two white women hosting the show, but they're not just interviewing a bunch of white ladies all the time. Like I have picked up, you know, tips for really good moisturizers for the middle of winter and also like new ways to think about, um, you know, what a gratitude practice might look like or, you know, something like that. Mm. It it really, it really spans. Like they have a very broad description of what self-care might encompass. Um, And so there's the full length episode each week. And then sometime back in the spring, they started doing a mini episode each week where they took voicemails and emails and um, questions from their listeners and answered those questions that were kind of around specific themes or created opportunities to just sort of share feedback within the community. And those have been really fun to listen to as well. I think it's like anything else, like you're not going to care about the topic of every episode, but I am motivated to listen to every episode because they're just delightful. The show is delightful. And you kind of, in the same way that like I have spent years thinking about what songs I will perform when I'm inevitably invited to be on lip sync battle. Mm. I think about like, what things would I talk about if they invited me on Forever 35? (laughs) Am I interesting enough to even have anything to say on the show? (laughs) 
Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's been. Uh, I was surprised by how much I liked it, and um, by the ways that it's crept into like conversations that I'm having with my girlfriends, or the ways that I mm. think about um, the ways that I think about self care in a very big sense of um, taking time to prioritize, allowing yourself to feel valuable and grounded and taking those moments that we need to take. And it's so it's like it's a serious idea, but they do it with a lot of levity and a lot of humor and a lot of honesty about their own experiences that um, that I really yeah. appreciate. Boy, we have to hurry up. I'm going to do a troika that are all related. Okay. This falls in the category of kids content you can watch with your children and not kill yourself. Ooh, okay. It's a specific genre. It's not everyone needs it. But if you do need it, you <laughs> really, really need it. Um, okay, I'm going to do three. And I'll go from oldest to newest. So, uh, a one, I was a one-time Miyazaki fan. And I'd fallen off just as I've gotten older. Miyazaki, the Japanese animator. Studio Ghibli is the studio. That, you know, the, the analogy is Studio Ghibli is like Pixar. And they make movies that are great in, uh, in the anime style. And we had a great time watching a delightful movie called Kiki's Delivery Service, which is about a young witch who at the age of 13, apparently in this world, witches have to go out and do a year-long apprenticeship by themselves. Um, and this is set in a vaguely European setting. She goes out to this vaguely European city and basically gets attached to the local bakery, becomes their delivery witch, you know, makes friends, has a difficult time, saves somebody, and it's just delightful. Like, I want to live in the world, you know, kids, especially five to seven, they they like movies, but they also get scared. They don't like a lot of tension. And not much happens. It's just Kiki making her way in the world as, you know, a prepubescent witch, as one does. But it was great and really low stakes and really fun for the whole family. And so that's when we're going to be coming to again and again. The next one, speaking of things I'm late to the party too, and I thought it was all a bunch of garbage and how could people like something like this this much, but consider me a converted zealot to the great British baking yes! show. Yes! Um, we yes! We have gone through, I think we're we're in, in, our, in the middle of our fourth season of the great British baking show that Welcome. we watch as a family, and we burn through a couple every couple of days, and you know, it's it, we we enjoy it to no end. Um, we've made some stuff and gone to patisseries because of what we've seen there. Just a shared text that the four of us can talk about and take out into the world. And someday someone will write a master's thesis about the particular charms of the great British baking show. I cannot articulate it. There's something about, I will try. Even as I cannot, I will try. The thing that's different, if you've, if you've ever watched an American reality mm -hmm. television show of any kind, I think you're going to be surprised like I was about what it is not as much about what it is. You win nothing. There is no prize if you win the Great British Baking Show. And yet the stakes feel high because this is something people care about doing. These amateur bakers, basically there's I think 12 of them per, per and then each episode one gets kicked off until there's one or until the, the final is three and then one of the three gets to win. And the people are delightful. You pull for them all. They help each other. They don't do the stunt casting to make sure there's a jerk or, uh, you know, someone who walks around naked. You're just, you just like all the people and you want them to do well. And it's fantastic. And it's... the hosts um, in the first step are just great. It just makes you feel good and warm and like everything might be okay. It's a, it's a blanket and a tea and a scone. <laughs> As they would say, all, all wrapped up into one. I just, I can't say enough good <laughs> oh, things about the Great Oh, I am British so Baking delighted show. by this reveal. Mm. I did not know that y'all mm. had gotten into the Great British Baking Show. It's like, yeah, we have, it, they're so supportive way. of each other. It's just <sighs> so warm and lovely. It's great. It's great. Yeah, they're stakes, but they're not too high. And every time they help each other, Michelle and I look at each other and we're like tearing up. I know. Like people helping each, each other like, getting their flan sorted out. Yeah, it's just it's there, there's like there's no cutthroat anything. It's just no. it's so nice. Um, I had a couple Netflix obsessions this year. Um, 
one was food related and i was late to this party but ugly delicious which is dave mm. chang's uh, dave chang and peter meehan i think produced it um and each episode and like i have a complicated relationship with david chang as a lot of food mm. people do but interesting guy peter meehan one of the co-founders of lucky peach um and each episode is about a different like a different dish or a different kind of food and the very first one is about pizza and about like, mm. what makes a good pizza and david chang kind of made like their visit visiting this, you know, very fancy, well-known pizzeria, I think in Brooklyn, or like very elevated pizza in Brooklyn. And mm -hmm. David Chang also is like, singing the praises of Domino's and how great yes. being able it is to order on the Domino's app and like goes out on a delivery run with a Domino's guy. And it's basically <laughs> talking about like, if you're not in Italy, eating like real napolitana pizza you might as well just be getting dominoes and it's both awesome. like yeah it's both super interested in what makes the best versions of food the best but also about a, how do we appreciate like the lower brow versions of food and that those have value as well there's an episode that's essentially about how most cooking cultures have a dumpling and it's a debate like it's a staged yes. debate between the italians arguing for ravioli and david chang arguing for actual dumplings <laughs> And wow. it's yeah it's That's just good. great yeah i loved that one i also really loved queer eye on netflix this year mm. i think for some I've heard that's another one that I'm going to have to queue up because I've heard enough, kind of like Great British Baking Shows. Like, yes. there's, there's enough smoke here. There's mm -hmm. going to be some, there's some heat for me yeah, to check out. I think yeah. it's for some of the same reasons. Like, it's just entirely feel good and um, uplifting and positive. And the guys are really fun to watch. Um, big personalities. Like, you're definitely going to get teary. Amanda and I got together this summer to watch the kickoff of the second season. And it was, we were eating, like, sitting on Amanda's couch eating chicken tenders, like, crying into our chicken tenders mm. in the middle of the first episode there's a real and it's a real update if you watch like i were i watched the original queer eye for the straight guy on bravo when it was out like in the late 90s early 2000s and that was a mm. real like that was kind of a real political move of like we're gonna sort of force some tolerance of gay people on mainstream tv and do it by way of like getting these very gruff straight guys to see some value here um and mm. these it's this is very different like this is this is made in the time of marriage equality and um granted we're, we're not like in a post whatever you know we're not in a post anti-lgbt world at all um there are certainly still challenges and struggles and they talk like the guys on the show talk about that as well um it, but it's very it's just very human and it's just very human and lovely and i i just loved it I think I should probably do, do our last our sponsor. Last sponsor and then a speed round. Okay. We can mop up and do quick ones. Our last sponsor this week is Zola. Zola is reinventing the wedding planning and registry experience to make the happiest moment in couples' lives even happier, combining compassionate customer service with modern tools and technology all in the service of love. Zola is the easiest way to plan your wedding and register. They have free wedding websites, your dream wedding registry, affordable save the dates and invitations, and easy to use planning tools. You start with a free wedding website. It just takes a couple minutes to set up. You can choose from a hundred beautiful designs that fit any style or any type of wedding. You put your Zola registry on your wedding website so guests can get all the details they need and buy your gift in one easy place. And they have the widest selection of gifts at all different price points from over 500 brands. There's something for every guest to give you. I spent some time poking around Zola. Like I've been married for almost 11 years now. So it's been about 13 years since I planned a wedding. And like that's the internet was like early days <laughs> still. Like I think we had a like a, you know, Bob and Rebecca get married.com something that I like wrestled together and put the links from all of our separate registries. And at the time, you had to still go like stand in crate and barrel with a zapper in your hand and scan the barcodes mm. of everything you wanted on your registry, which like is not unfun, but also takes a lot of time. And the Zola website has like you can search by price point you can search by brand you can search by they have different collections there's even like a home and pets collections you can like if you're moving into a new house with your upcoming new spouse i did not intend for that to rhyme you can <laughs> get your dog a new bed to go in there too it just it's it really is sort of an all-in-one very streamlined experience both for 
the planning side if you're the one getting married or for purchasing gifts for people um, who are getting married. And, you know, it's, there's a weird thing I think about specifically about marriage where you're like, here are the gifts we would like you to give us and we expect you to pick something from this list. Mm. And so you might as well navigate that convention as smoothly as possible, making it really easy for people to see the things that you want from a bunch of different places all at once is just very smooth. Like if I were going to get married today, I would want something as you know simple to use and as comprehensive as Zola is. So if you are looking at this happy occasion for yourself or for someone you know, you might recommend they can go to Zola.com slash book riot to start your free wedding website and get $50 to spend towards items on your registry. That's Zola.com, Z-O-L-A.com slash book riot to set up your free website and get $50 off registry purchases. Very cool. All right. Like how many do you have how many do you have left? Do you know can you count? Um, how many can we do? I think I just have I mean, I have I think like two that I intended to talk about, but I can always make things up. Mm. <laughs> I've got eight, but they're short. I mean, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm down to the... These are like pretty specific. Um, let me try to group. Uh, we were talking about Netflix shows. Um, I think mm. you recommended the book that um, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat yes. that also became a Netflix series. I like this series well enough, but I will say the first episode, which I think they... It's the name of the book is Salt, Fat, Acid, mm-hmm. Heat, right? Yes. And you know each and there's a four episode documentary version of that on Netflix, and they put them out of order as the title. Yes, they put they fat did fat first. first. And I was confused at first, but then once I got through them all, I realized they did that. I think because fat is the best one mm. of of the four episodes. So that episode of that series, I would recommend, even if you don't want to watch the whole rest of them i think you get the sense of it but that one is exceptionally good she's so where, charming um she is Simon nostra she goes and talks about fat in italy especially with olive oil and she's there getting the olive oil off the trees and then an, an uncomfortably sensuous uh, focaccia making um episode <laughs> that uh oh, in uh in that in there um yeah, anyway uh <laughs> it's it's beautiful it's unlike other food documentaries i've seen before and it was really great so there's that i'm going to connect that to food um coffee i'm going to talk about coffee of course this is this is specific you can go online and order at happycup.com but happy cup coffee is a local portland roastery and i came to it when i was at the grocery store and my favorite blend was out and i won't say its name uh, and so I, my brother had said he liked Happy Cup. I got a bag and it was great, really good. And it's as good as any coffee I've ever had um, from a whole bean that you grind at home. We're not animals here. Um, but it's made, it's roasted by people with special needs. And mm. their their corporate policy is to, you know, to make great coffee by great people for a good cause. And they're a wonderful company. You can go order online. Um, wholesale starts at 5 pounds. So if you have a small office or a small business, you're going to get a wonderful bean for a great cause and a good fair um, price. So I've really been delighted to be patronizing Happy Cup Coffee this year. Um, I have a coffee one. You want to go? Yeah. Yeah, you have a coffee one? It wasn't on my list, but if you're going to talk about local coffee, I'm going to talk about local coffee. Yeah, let's do it. Yes, local Richmond has a local roastery called Blanchard's that you can order online, and I've tried bunches of them, but I am so in love with the RVA blend. It's a little hard to find Mm. in town, but you can order it online at blanchardscoffee.com. It's like the perfect it's just the perfect almost dark roast but the flavor is not too strong and i love when you open coffee and the beans are still oily like there's just something about like the beans are still oily Mm. the flavor is going to be really fresh and these are like in my house these are known as the oily beans like if they're if we don't have the rva blend in the house and bob is like making coffee and opening a different bag he'll be like but the beans aren't oily (laughs) like this it's so good so if you're into I'm not very great at describing the particular flavors of a thing, Mm. but I've been a coffee drinker for a long time. And this is my favorite of anything I've encountered for a while. And like, not for nothing, I take it as gifts when I visit people. And um, I was visiting a friend, Mm -hmm. I was visiting a friend up in uh, in Portland, Maine earlier this year, and I took him a bag of coffee. And he was like, well, now this is the best coffee in the city. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. you have brought it to us from Richmond. Yeah, go, go find your local roaster. I mean, it matters, you know, I, you know, I, 
uh, look, I roast my own coffee. I'm an idiot. Don't don't. I know it's hard to hear me, but like, <laughs> if you can find a good local roaster, um, really, you want a bean that's been roasted f- five to seven days ago, and getting that off the store at the grocery store is only. You can only really do that if you have a local roaster. Um, try it. See if you like it. Uh, I'm gonna go with my Sonos One. Oh. This is one of those smart speaker things. Mm-hmm. It's I don't talk to it because it, I use my app, but I have it at the office where I can I can stream music to it from my phone. It's a wonderful speaker. It sounds great, really easy to use. Multiple people can control it. Um, I can run, if I'm listening to something on Spotify, I'm listening to something on a podcast, I'm listening to something from my own music library. It's $179, and it's really great. It's um, well worth checking out at some point. And also, you can listen to, if you want, um, the the earworm of our house of this year was, and I haven't seen the movie. Michelle did the Star Is Born soundtrack. It's now in our oh, it's, on, it's now in mm-hmm. our um, it's our, our rotation at the house, and several of those tracks are now um, foremost in, in our favorite ones. And I think I'm out. I think I'm done. You think you're out? Okay. Um, let's see. Um, a quick one. These are both Rebecca's woo-woo corner. I saved it until the end. The first one is very practical. Um, If you sweat at all in a yoga practice, you need a mat that you won't slide on. And if you're like, if you practice with any regularity at all, like the $20 mats at Target are not going to cut it. And I know this because I have worn holes in those. Um, So in the last, this is not just a 2018 thing. In 2017, when I was taking yoga teacher training, I fell in love with the Jade Harmony yoga mats. They're made mm. from, um, it's like 100% real rubber. They plant a tree for every mat that they sell. Um, there's a little bit of like a natural rubber smell to them because they're natural rubber um, that that takes a little while to wear away. But I have tried a jillion yoga mats and these are the only ones that like my hands don't slip on at all. Or if, if I'm mm. like really in a hot environment, my feet don't slip on. They're so grippy, um, but not so much that you can't like move efficiently if you're transitioning between postures um you know yoga mats are a very like your mileage may vary situation everybody has one that they feel very strongly about but if you're new to yoga or you're just leveling up and you're looking for something i think they're about 75 dollars um i go through one every couple of years and that's practicing like five days a week um so it's Mm. definitely it's a good investment if especially if you're like for a heavy practice but it'll last you a really long time if you're at like a once or twice a week yoga practice but you want to like feel good on a yoga mat if you're in postures on the floor. You don't feel like you're just straight on the floor. There's some cushioning. Um, and they make a great travel mat as well that I think is called the, uh, I can't remember, but it's if you look on the Jade Yoga website, if you're looking for a travel mat, it's um, it's thin and it folds up to about the size of a yoga block. And I've taken it like literally all over the world. Um, I loved that. And then my other, like my last woo-woo thing, but probably actually like the most transformative thing that I did in 2018 was actually figure out a gratitude practice. And it's a thing that I'd been interested in forever, like because for like a decade, Oprah has been talking about like, have a gratitude journal and write down three things every day that you're grateful for. And I have tried that probably a dozen times and I just could never get in the routine or stick with it and something like didn't click. But there's been enough, I'm persuaded by research and there's been enough research that actively drawing attention to the things that give you that you're grateful for in your life, be they big or small things increases like it it strengthens the happiness circuits in your brain. And this is a thing that I'm very much in favor of. So I was like trying at the end of the year last year Mm. to think of a way that I could incorporate this into my life that I would stick with and that would feel meaningful and not just like something that I was doing. So I asked a friend like it came up kind of just it just came up in conversation that this was something that we might both be interested in. Um, And we decided that at the end of every day, we would text each other three things that we were grateful for that day. And like, sometimes they're profound, but sometimes they're very simple. If you have a rough day, they tend to be very simple. Um, And we've Mm -hmm. stuck to it every night for more than a year. Um, It's now like, yeah, it's now like a little pocket of my evening that I look forward to. I've done it in, uh, I think, five time zones (laughs) and a couple different countries. Um, And it's like, it's this, it feels like a sacred space of that friendship but also um, has reshaped and like like the neurology is true um it has reshaped 
how I experience my day in both that I notice more things throughout the day that I'm like, oh, that's really nice. And I feel grateful for it. Um, And sometimes it's like the sun looks cool coming through the trees on my walk this morning. Um, And also enables me to, in a really difficult moment of life, not ignore the hard parts, but I can usually come around to like something that's not so awful about that hard experience. And that like, it softens the blow a little bit. Um, It's all the things that people said having a gratitude practice would do, but I I had to figure out like how to thread that needle for myself and sharing it with a person that I'm close to was the trick. Um, People do it in Facebook groups. I know people who just do the journal thing, um, but it was it like it was very transformative to how I experienced my life this year, and so I feel like I, it would be remiss not to share that. Well, that was a poignant, and now makes my Detroit style pizza raving seem <laughs> inconsequential. No, look, Jeff, Detroit pizza gives meaning to life as well. That's right. I mean, you got to have good things to be thankful for, or you also can't have like, a gratitude practice. Look, so you got to eat the Detroit pizza to be able to the, be thankful for it. The frequency with which food-related things show up in my grateful <laughs> <laughs> probably more often uh, than not. <laughs> that's good. Well, that's our year. That's our show. Good picks, Rebecca. You too. If you have one out there that you want to share with us, you have some experience with something we've had or talked about, please let us know. If you have a definitive list of the best Detroit-style pizzas in the country and an itinerary and a million frequent flyer miles, please send them all. We're here for it. This is something I'm hungry. It's now 540. (laughs) It's time to eat. Let's go eat. I got to go eat. Have a good one. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.